0: Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome back to another episode of the Ahmed Khan Podcast Today we're delighted to have Mufti Abdul Wahab Waheed joining us um, For those who, who don't know Mufti Abdul Wahab He's one of the co-founders at Miftah Institute located in Michigan uh, And he's also a co-founder and director at, Michigan, uh, at the Michigan Islamic Institute um, He has traveled across the world seeking knowledge And he has received certifications um, to teach, and for those of us who are from that's, the Lord that's, yeah. a, that's a heavy,
1: barakah, that's a heavy introduction. So, I, I think <laughs> well, if there's more to be said, they can read it online. Um, but that, that, I think the last thing, the
0: last, thing, is, the last <laughs> thing I just wanted to say is that he's uh, he is from Vancouver. Um, so we can he spent time here, so we can claim him as well. The
1: yeah, I, will, I, I love the people of Vancouver. I mean, technically, it's Surrey, so it's not really Vancouver, but
0: yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. close
1: enough, and it it plays a role, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Allah bless you and your, your community in, in Berkeley now Zaytuna, and Bless the community of Vancouver And, and inshallah Allah to continue working together And benefiting from each other inshallah
0: I mean inshallah So we're right. Ramadan is right around the corner And a number of people have been Asking trying to Seek some nasiha some advice As to how they can improve themselves in Ramadan And I, I find it quite fascinating That you know every Muslim Like you know Shaykh Hamza says Is on their own path to God to allah mm-hmm. wa ta'ala. but in the month of ramadan every single muslim knows that they want to get better and so in that month that's it's it's the, it's the peak point of when they're going to look for youtube videos when they're going to try to read when they're going to try to increase their ibadah and so uh the goal of this podcast is to just give people some advice as to what what, what spiritual um how to increase their spirituality what type of exercise spiritual exercises to engage in and so forth and so um the first question that i often get mufti abdul wahab is um how ki- you know Quran. Mm-hmm. that ramadan is the month in which the quran was revealed in um, and people want to people it's a month where people usually return back to the quran so what advice would you give to people who want to establish that relationship with the quran so that even when ramadan ends they'll be able to still mm-hmm. have that
1: Share. I'm not going to make this a lecture Because it's not a lecture So mm-hmm. I'm going you know, to try my best to keep the answers Nice and short um, And so hopefully we can keep the conversation Flowing However, um, the question that you're asking In regards to how is one able to keep A good post game um, After Ramadan mm-hmm. I think the answer um, Quite simply is to have a good pre-game Right mm-hmm. um, Generally if a person begins their, their, their process and their journey at the first day of Ramadan, even if it ends at the end of Ramadan, that is still beneficial. I, I say this um, because a lot of times people say, well, these are just Ramadan Muslims. So these are people that just started praying in Ramadan or started, um, you know, returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ramadan. That in itself is a sign of iman. Mm-hmm. If we are not able to take specific in the specific moments and the, uh, the, the specific times and moments that have barakah within them as times and moments that are significant, then that is a sign that our iman is weathering away. But if we're still able to identify them as moments of, of significance and moments that we should connect with and allow ourselves to benefit and spiritually incline ourselves towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at a much higher level, that, that is a sign of our iman. That means we're still there. I mean, yeah. we, we all have work to do, but the fact of the matter is that we've started the journey. Now, how can we continue it outside the month of Ramadan? It all comes down to, what can we do before Ramadan? We have This is why the Prophet ﷺ, his journey of Ramadan would begin in Sha'ban. And right now, we're still sitting in Sha'ban. And if you're watching this in Ramadan, it's perfectly fine. You can still start these things in the month of Ramadan. But the Prophet ﷺ would start his journey of Ramadan in the month of Sha'ban. What Aisha says, that when he would fast in Sha'ban, he would fast so excessively, that I one once asked him that why is it so that well, it's as if you're always fasting in the month of Ram, in the month of Sha'ban. I've never seen the Prophet ﷺ fast more in any other month outside the month of Ramadan than Sha'ban. Or Usama ibn Zayd rather asked the Prophet ﷺ. Usama ibn Zayd was the son of Zayd ibn haditha and Umman, ayman a blessed family very close to the Prophet. Nabi, the beloved of the Prophet ﷺ, he had access to the the inner house of the Prophet. Right. He says that one day I asked the Prophet like when I saw him fasting in Sha'ban and worshipping more in Sha'ban, I became very inquisitive. And I said, Ya Rasulullah, Like why, why is it so that you have increased your fasting in the month of Sha'ban? And it's more than any other month outside the month of Ramadan. And he responded by saying, akhturu anhu akhturu This is the month that most people are unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the month that special mercy of Allah descends upon his creation where the hadith mentions when the half the when the when the half of Sha'ban passes by Allah's mercy descends and he he descends to the lowest heavens and he says that today I will forgive everyone except for two people except for a person that has animosity and jealousy in their heart and a person that denies the existence of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. so it all it starts in this month it, and it continues throughout the month of Ramadan. You know, one is to jump on the train while it's running, hmm. one is to get on the train while it's still it's still uh, in its idle mode, and we can get on right now. We have 10 days left, and this is why Ashadi says that in the last 10 days of Sha'ban the Prophet would tie his he would get moving right, and it's all about I mean, people that watch sports, pre-game is really important. Yeah, you have a good game routine. You're gonna be discombobulated during the game. Like you like, where am I? My head's not here. It's about the mentality more more, it's about the mentality more so than even the actions. It's about the perspective than more so than the specific things that we're doing. I'm doing this so I can build up an appetite for the month of Ramadan. Right? And if I'm already in the month of Ramadan, it's perfectly fine. Let's build up the appetite. And it's something that I really feel strongly about in regards to how, how does a person have an appetite? How does a person build an appetite?
2: Mm-hmm. A person builds
1: an appetite for food. By eating more food. A person builds an appetite of sleep, builds an appetite towards a sin. They start doing it once and they do it again and now they have an appetite towards it that their body won't allow them to, or that's what a person assumes, that their body won't allow them to continue until they do that. Hmm. Until they look at that. Until they listen to that. Whatever it may be, You, that individual has built an appetite. Now, once you've built an appetite, you have to feed it. You have to continue feeding that appetite. And we all have different appetites. Uh, even as children, parents will force-feed their children, in a sense, vegetables, right? Nobody likes broccoli, right? Okay. Whatever, you know, it's be- all food is tayyib, it's beautiful. But parents will force the children to eat those foods. But a time comes where that child will enjoy those vegetables, will enjoy those fruits, will enjoy those types of meats and and and. and that whatever meal it could have been, because now they've been fed it for long enough that their appetite has started to like it and has been inclined towards it. Similarly, in order for us to take the most from Ramadan and post-Ramadan, let's build an appetite towards reading Quran. Let's build an appetite towards worshipping Allah. Let's build an appetite towards Sajdah. Let's build an appetite towards Salat. And it's growing. Just like that child, you may need to force feed it for some time. Mm-hmm. Where push yourself and we do it and then there comes a time where it's a pinnacle of sincerity that we're doing something that is great and we don't even realize how great it is we're just doing it a person that's driving in a Lamborghini like he's been driving or she's been driving it for three years they don't really like this is driving a Lambo right but when someone pulls up next to them that person knows how great that car is once we start moving on this journey and we start continuously adding to our portfolio to present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certain things that were difficult a year ago will become easy
0: hmm. and then we
1: add the next thing that is difficult and that thing in a year becomes a little bit easier and then we add the next thing that is a little bit more difficult right and you continue adding to that portfolio so definitely to continue after the month of ramadan in the month of ramadan we set a routine that a routine that is only for the month of ramadan but can be minimized and used outside the month of ramadan like, mm-hmm. the best uh, program is a program that can be expanded and collapsed. It can be expanded and it can be collapsed. Like, you can use it, and it can serve in five, four years, but it can also be done perhaps in a one year, or it can, it can be done in both ways, right? There's benefits and pros and cons of it, but in Ramadan, I've expanded my curriculum. But it's the same curriculum. And outside the month of Ramadan, I can collapse it a little bit. Rather mm-hmm. than reading XML, I'll, re- I'll still continue reading. And what happens, I feel like Ahmad, is once we experience that specific laddha, which our scholars speak about, the laddha, this sweetness of reciting Quran, the sweetness of listening to the Quran, once we allow the soul to truly enjoy that angelic effect of Wahy, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the soul will start making more demands from us. start demanding for us to read it. And now the body will not be sub- the, the soul will not be subservient to the body, but the body will be subservient to the soul, because the soul has it has an angelic effect, right? And it's pure. When min ruhi, it's something that is it has a pure source. And this is why Ghazali sp- speaks about this. Can I continue or should I stop? And want to follow well, up with the question? Well, just, to- just, to- just just one I-
0: thing I wanted to say is, you know, to continue the sport analogies, I always saw Ramadan as training camp right? Mm-hmm. There's a time where everybody gets together, everybody works yeah. extremely hard to get ready for the season. And the season is the post-Ramadan life. But now this idea of looking at it as, as Sha'aban as the pregame is yeah. something considered. consider. Uh, Sha-
1: Sha'aban is training camp and Ramadan is post-season. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the finals, you know. <laughs> you gotta work a little harder. And, you know, just like the whole idea is like whatever we started off with in, like what normally happens in Ramadan, you start getting going by the 10th day, you're actually in routine. Uh-huh. And then you hit the middle of Ramadan where you, everyone has a small dip. Then you hit the last 10 days, like, man, I wish I made more of... That feeling of, I wish I did more, everyone will have it, regardless of how much we do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a negative thing, it's actually a positive thing. Rabbi Rabbi mean, Rahimullah considers that to be one of the key elements of a believer. You know, Ibn Abbas says, there are certain things that a person can do that can be worse than the sin itself. And there are certain things that a person can do there are better than that good deed that one was hoping to be involved in. So, for, for example, he says, mm-hmm. that, that this feeling of regret and this feeling of remorse on missing out on an action of goodness, missing out, I wasn't able to do it. I wish mm-hmm. I could have done it. That emotion, that sentiment, he says, is actually more beloved to Allah than the deed itself because it shows that how how real we are and similarly some people may have that feeling for a sin yeah i wish i was able to also do that in some ways he says that can be worse than the sin it's paralyzing it doesn't allow us to move forward right um so it can be it can be a, a, a training camp is perfectly fine but i also think that sha'ban helps us out in ramadan if we start a little earlier wherever we were going to be at the 10th day we're, at the, we're we're there at the first day so we're one step higher, right? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Amazon, you guys, are in, you guys are in Silicon Valley, right? So yeah. all these companies, you know, Google, Amazon, Apple, whatever they may be, they don't project, they don't say they, they're they in loss because they're actually in loss. They're not in loss. You know, for example, their the stocks fell, whatever it may be. It's not loss. They've projected X, I they say they've projected 100 billion profit. And they've made 50 billion profit. That is loss for them, though they've still profited fifty billion dollars, mm, okay. because they consider loss to be that which they could have had, mm. and that's the mentality of a person who thinks big, mm. who is not confined in a box, and hence they are who they are, right? When we keep, and it's good to count your wins, so it keeps you motivated, but it's also good to realize, well, how much more could I have achieved, right? Mm. When you start thinking less like a uh, you know, a, an employee And more like an owner of a shop You know, there's a big difference And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When He uses the example of believers He says, in reference to uh, who believers are He says, mm. right? they they're, they're people who are They're merchants and business people Why? Because they own their business They own their own business And if you ever walk into a mall At 8pm, when it closes at, Let's say it closes at 8pm right? You walk in at 7.15 All the main stores are closed The shutters are down the, there's no one open except for who? The stalls in the middle of the mall. They're still open mm-hmm. because they own those stalls. The owners are the ones that are running those stalls, not the employees. Mm-hmm. So Allah subhanahu is saying that we become people. Mm-hmm. We become people who are not necessarily this is a, a transaction which will never which will never incur loss. People that own our own Ramadan. We're not just there. So we're, we're, we're trying to take benefit from every last thing that is there, every last possibility that is available to us. And it's not just Qur'an. Uh, I feel like a lot of times you overlook the, the power of service, mm-hmm. of serving people and khidmah, serving mm-hmm. your parents, serving you know your, your your mother, serving your siblings, serving your community. Service was powerful in, 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 a, in a very, it was a symbol for the salaf in Ramadan where they will serve people, right? So it's that balance of إِلَّا إِنْ mm. Where we want to be able to grow in our own spiritual journey, but that journey shouldn't become a selfish journey for us, but it also should be a journey where we can benefit other people as well. right? Mm-hmm. But we can only give that which we have. So we need to keep refueling. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, layla illa Stand up at night and pray. Why? إِنَّ لَكَ فِي because you have a very difficult swim to go through in the day, it's not going to be easy for you to get through that swim. Sabah means swim, taweela, long swim. It's like swimming against the waves, right? And while you're doing it, know that you're not doing it. It's your Lord that, that is allowing you to do it. But now, once you have this, you can stand in front of people and serve them with because you cannot give that which you don't own, you cannot exactly. spread generosity if we don't have generosity. We can't spread love if we don't have love. We can't spread contentment if we are not content. And we cannot necessarily spread the depth of iman if we're lacking in ourselves. So A, we spend time with those types of people and we take it and give it to others. And we become that link, that chain uh, that, that can continue spreading the form of good. And that comes from Quran. I definitely would encourage everyone in regards to tilawa to have a routine where they can finish one khatam. This okay. is a sunnah of our Prophet. ﷺ. It's a prophetic tradition. It's not a you know a something that's found in our culture. It's not, it's it's a it's a tradition. Prophet ﷺ, we should finish a khatam every year in the month of Ramadan. And the last year before his passing, sallallahu Alaihi wasallam, he told Fatima that I finished, عنها, that I, this year me and finished two khatams. Right? So finishing a khatam, uh, it's also the time of barakah, so we can memorize with more ease. So we balance it, we spend half an hour to read, half an hour to memorize. Um, you know, we diversify our portfolio. You know, when the stocks are low, we don't just buy one stock. We buy all yeah, of them.
2: Well, diversify, we buy, all of
1: them. We all diversify our portfolio because you don't know which one's going to go up first. Right? Mm-hmm. So you diversify a portfolio of ibadah. We don't want to be one-hit wonders. We want to be, you know, we want to be, you don't want to be a person that can hit three-pointers. We want to be a person that can drive and do everything else. You're an all-rounder because you never know which one, which skill will win you the game. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't know which one will serve us the best on Ilta al-Khadr. Where we have tilawa we have tahajjud, we have du'a, and we also have service. Which one of these will allow us to hit the right chord, the right emotion, the right feeling where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept those du'as in those moments? So definitely diversify our portfolio where we're doing something of everything. And also, of course, you have a mantle and focus, and make that focus for yourself the easiest, easiest amal that you have, easiest one. Make that your focus, your pretty much your core. And everything else is supplementing it. I always tell my own students and the students that we have here, and you know, whenever we go to halaqas in Ramadan, I say, choose the amal that is the easiest for you and the one that you want to grow on, hmm. because it, it, it motivates you. For example, some people find it easy to um, pray nothing, but if you keep doing that. Don't stop. Continue that, but also increase in other ways. But at least hmm. you have one that is that is holding you down. Uh, and our scholars encourage. Um, not only in, in, in reference to dua and tilawa, but they always also reference the dhikr, where one should have a routine of, of a, of a wird where they can remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think we'll speak about that later on, anyways. Um, but the soul has demands, right? And, and, and that's why Ghazali mentions that statement. I'll, I'll pass it back to you after that, where he says the, the khilqa of a human is made from two, two, two different elements, right? One is a physical creation. Our physical self, which was created from dirt. We're made from the dirt. He then says that every single thing, every single demand that the body has, the physical body has, every desire that it has, all of those desires and demands are also fulfilled by the earth. Hmm. As we came from our physical realm, came from the earth. So our foods, our drinks, our our families. Minerals, oil, gold, silver, everything comes from the earth All of those things have the ability and the capacity to fulfill us at a physical level And then we also have a second element which makes us humans Which makes us unique And that is the ruh And the ruh did not come from the earth It came from above Mm -hmm. The same way the physical body can be fulfilled by where it came from, the soul can only be fulfilled by by those things that came from above. Because the soul also came from above. And what Mm -hmm. comes from above is Quran and Salat.
2: SubhanAllah. These
1: things come from above. So what happens is one takes over the other. Throughout the year, we keep feeding the physical realm of of our existence. So the soul, it's as if it doesn't have a voice in the room. It's just there in the back. It's Mm -hmm. there because we're alive. But some of us, our hearts are dead. Because the souls are in the back of the room just sitting there. They don't have a voice. They can't even, they can't even, they want to scream but they can't scream. Mm -hmm. Because the physical realm has taken over. We just keep feeding the physical body. But when Ramadan comes around, we stop giving our physical realm as much as importance. As much importance. Where we don't eat as much. We don't drink as much. We don't sleep as much. So now the soul has a place to belong. And now the soul starts making its own demands. Hey man, read some Qur'an for me. Mm-hmm. Pray some salat Do some Durud. And the soul's demands increases. And the physical body's demands decrease. How is it so that in the last 10 nights we're able to do so much with such less sleep? Subhanallah. The formula is... There has to be one that is dominant, and if the soul takes dominance, the soul will always de- the soul will always define success not the body. So we can be sometimes you know we've heard stories of our set of where they would be hungry and they would read at and they would be full you know however that worked for them right is because the soul was the was the focus and the body was a supplement right and that's the reality of a human beings that our body is actually a vessel for the soul. Not the opposite way. So, do we take care of the asr or the fara? Do we take care of the, the that which is the original you know, sense of creation, or do we take care of that which is a supplement to that creation? And hence, I think after Ramadan, it becomes easier to do those things once we realize that this actually exists. It's there. But don't expect to be at the same level. It's not a big deal. We're not supposed to be at the. Like it happens. It's not a big deal. We were reading three hours in Ramadan and now we're reading 30 minutes. At least we're still reading.
2: Right?
1: Mm. Um, the goal, and i end with this, the goal isn't to be at the same height that we are in the month of Ramadan. The goal is to be higher than we were before Ramadan. That's it. Mm.
2: That's
1: progress, man. And progress is synonymous to success. That is progress.
0: Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. You know, and that, that was something on my mind as well. How do you, if, if Ramadan is this training camp, how do you take this and continue outside of Ramadan but it's very difficult um, like you've said um, it's all about just increasing as long as you're better than you were the previous Ramadan as long as you came out Ramadan better than you came in then that's a sign of its success um, it's good enough it's,
1: it's, it's, I don't think it's possible to, to if the person goes for Umrah and comes back and hopes to be at the same level it's not possible mm-hmm. There are Barakah comes in three ways it comes Suyuti speaks about Barakah and he says it comes in three ways one it comes through places there are certain places in the world that are just mubarak, they're blessed. Such as Aqsa, Haramain al sharifain the Masajid, mm-hmm. places of knowledge, they're blessed. And Barakah also comes in times, certain times. So for example, the time of Fajr, time of Maghrib, before Maghrib, after Asr. The time in Jum'ah, the day of Jum'a, in Ramadan. It's a, it's a blessed time. Mm-hmm. The third way Barakah comes is through actions, through A'mal. So Ramadan is a time where we are—we have like a, you know, triple barakah. It's a triple threat. We have barakah of time, barakah of place, because we spend more time in masajid. And we have barakah of the deeds that we do, right? So it's, it adds so much blessings. And then our homes also become blessed because of a, lot, a lot of these actions we actually do at our own homes. And it's important to beautify our own homes through Quran and, and doing good deeds, not just the masjid, because the home has to become... Yani a safe haven for us as well in our spiritual self um, so now when you leave these barakah and you come outside the month of Ramadan we're, we, we don't have those elements so it's not necessarily ai am not saying it's not a reachable goal but it's not a, something that we should feel bad about if we're not able to keep that high but we mm-hmm. should definitely be higher than we were before we went for Ramadan
2: mm-hmm. we
1: should definitely be higher than we were before we came into the month of Ramadan mm-hmm. That's, that is indeed success mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so Mufti you know, uh Ramadan is when a lot of our organ- Muslim organizations um, work extremely hard. It's the hardest time of the year. You're looking at our nonprofits, our madaris, our, our, our institutions, our universities, um, and a lot of these people are spending their entire Ramadan fundraising, reaching mm-hmm. out to other people, and they feel that they're missing out on the Ramadan experience. What mm-hmm. would you say to them?
1: That's why I kind of hinted to our service because serving is also a part of our ibadah we have to cons- we, ha- we we should serve with ihtisab that is also ibadah there's ihtisab ihtisab is very important for us the whole concept of um, you know we we have istihdar we have we're present minded that what we are doing right now is also a source of reward right mm-hmm. so serving people as an institution for example or as a university or as a uh, as a non-profit we do it with the Ihtisab that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us For not being able to recite Because of what we were doing There's actually a narration in in found in different books of hadith And it refers to um, The sahabas Coming to the Prophet Sallam, authentic narration where They say, you know The, 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 the wealthy Muslims have surpassed us Right mm-hmm. And these were the, the Masakeen amongst these sahabas And the Prophet says, how so? They say because they spend so much money in charity, and we don't have that option. We don't mm-hmm. have money. So Prophet says, "Well, do athkar, serve through tilawa, serve through your qiyam." And then they said, "Well, they can also do that." And then he said, "Well, then they've been given both." But you learn from this hadith that people are serving in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not necessarily, um, you know, a must for us to serve in the same exact way. But at least we're serving the same. Objective, the same goal. That being said, I will add that I'm because we're in that field of serving in institutions, yeah. it is extremely important to not overlook and ignore the other aspect of, mm-hmm. of ibadah and worship. True virtue, and uh, I can be wrong and be completely wrong, and Sheikh Hamza and the, 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 the scholars in, in your school in your university correct me. True virtue is is not when we add something by losing something. True virtue is when we add something by keeping what we already had. So if we're serving as an institution, that, isn't, that should not necessarily come at the complete compromise of our tilawah. We should, mm. Of course, we'll be less because we're serving, but we should still have some of it.
2: Mm-hmm. For
1: example, there's a narration where the Prophet Saddam noticed for three days straight that there was a youngster missing in his fajr salah the congregational prayer, the jama'ah. The Prophet was wary enough, or aware enough, rather, just noticed that this person was not there three days in a row. He says, where is this person at? He goes to his house, knocks on the door. And um, he asks the mother, where is Where's this youngster at? And the mother says, oh, Ya Rasulullah, or Prophet of Allah, my son, he's been praying the hajjud all night. Every mother loves to praise their son.
2: <laughs> my son
1: is doing this <laughs> Really, like, like, you know, Ibni. My son has been praying the all night for these last three days, and, you know, he prays Fajr at home and he goes to sleep. MashaAllah, he prays a lot of the though. Prophet says it's better if he comes to pray Fajr in the masjid and doesn't pray any Tahajjud Because virtue is not in just adding things, it's also keeping what we have. And then this is. Uh, You know, uh, principle, business principle 101 retention is growth. Retention is growth. We have to keep what we have and then add to it, right? Um, And therefore, like people like ourselves and those that are serving at a communal level, uh, we can't lose out on the aspects of worship. But know that our service is also a worship. Mm -hmm. So we have that aspect that many others may not have. So perhaps we're not able to finish as much uh, as. Uh, the same amount of tilawa, the same amount of adhkar but while we are serving and while we're driving and while we're sitting around, we do dhikr, we do what we can, and it adds value to that that service that that, that we have, and it keeps us present. Like even uh, I was referring to the ayah of Sulaiman when Allah says, "You will be swimming against the waves." He says, "What kurdish rabbika Do it while you're remembering Me." Hmm. So while we're serving, we're not serving the institution's name on our back or the logo on the front, right? We're serving Allah. So just like we're doing dhikr of our name, of our nonprofit profit in the, this cause that we're serving, where is the dhikr of Allah in my life? If I'm going out and seeking support for this, where is my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So we actually are, whoever is involved in these nonprofits profits and so on, we're held at a much higher, we should keep ourselves at a higher standard, right? In the, in the sense that we should, we're asking people for support for something that we stand for. But where is my relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? But I don't think it should feel like we're missing out. It mm-hmm. should feel like we're, we're adding, we're doing more in some ways, uh, but making sure that we don't completely lose out on the spiritual aspect, because then it can it can uh, it can actually bring arjub, it can bring arrogance Or we're serving at so many levels. But when we have service without without ibadah. That's it. With, with an imbalance, it can bring a sense of riyah.
2: Hmm.
1: We have ibadah without service, it can bring a sense of ujub, And they both lead to arrogance. You know, so that again, worship on our own, our or our adhkar, our um, dua, and no one knows of it because it's our own personal worship, without a sense of service that people know of and that we're serving in the community, can lead to ujub. Whereas in today's time, we call it narcissism. Just be, you know, you're just so you're so full of what you're doing. Like, I'm, no one knows how much I worship Allah, right? That ujub. Mm-hmm. If we only serve, and we don't worship. It can build the riyah and showing off, which also is a form of arrogance. So that balance is important, right? And naturally, you have one dominant side, but we need to have both that are working
0: side by side. SubhanAllah. You know, and, and, and some of my friends who are involved with some of these large organizations, they, while they're driving towards uh, a specific place, meeting a specific donor, mm-hmm. they'll be reciting Quran in the car or they'll be listening to the podcast. And so... Um, they
1: listen to Ahmed Khan's podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they listen to the Miftah Institute podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, to, as long as you're listening, you know, it's beautiful. Um, so they they are trying, but um, you know, for me, I, I'm always reminded of that hadith where the Sahaba saw this man who was walking, who was working, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they said um, that effort would be, would have been better if it was in the wor- if it was in the worship of Allah mm-hmm. Subhanahu wa Taala, and then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, mm-hmm. if he's serving his family, then that is worship of Allah yeah, worship Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah.
1: No, it's a beautiful hadith. That's exactly what the hadith referred to. I mean, it's the ihtisab of it. This is why I'm doing it and keeping that in front of us and what Ibn Abbas said. If we feel like we missed out and we have remorse and regret, that's also a sign of iman. That means we you know we got it, we, we have something working in the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And but definitely understand. what you said in regards to like most of the people that, that, that serve, they, they drive and they listen to Quran. And yani you know, in many ways, we it's harder in today's time, but it's also easier. Because back in those days, you, if you were riding on a camel, you can't really listen to Qur'an. Mm-hmm.
0: Right?
1: In today's time, we have it easier as well. So hopefully, mm-hmm. we don't take it for granted, but we actually are able to jump on it and run with it, Inshallah.
0: Alhamdulillah. Just the last question I wanted to ask you, Mufti Saab, is Imam Al-Ghazali in his book on, in the Ihya Al-Muddin, in his book on fasting, he states that there's three levels to fasting. Mm-hmm. At the first level is to abstain from food and drink. The second level is to abstain from vices and bad character and sin, and the third level is to become solely preoccupied with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Um, my question to you is: Is too often in our minds fasting is thought of as as, as level one, as as long as I'm not eating or drinking, I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. But how does one get to that second or that third level?
1: Yeah, so, uh, Subhanallah. I feel like we're. I mean, it's it's. To set a standard for yourself. No one can help. I mean, of course, having good company and having people around us help us, but we set our own standard. Um, you know, again, sports analogy like if someone has a bad season, LeBron James' bad season in comparison to a normal player is an all star season, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the standard that he has set for himself. So, what is our standard? And while saying that, towards the young, I, sp- I speak to all the youngsters, including myself. Is we're, we we we've we've learned based upon you know the era that we've been born and raised in, how to be ambitious in everything in life. We've become so ambitious in regards to being innovative in our careers, ambitious in regards to our career goals, ambitious in regards to our education, ambitious in regards to our own personal growth, right, and everything. When was, how do we start to become ambitious in our journey to Allah? Mm-hmm. Where we don't just pencil in goals that we know we can reach. Rather, we pencil in goals that are quote unquote ambitious. Mm-hmm. So we don't just write down how much money we want to earn, we write down a large amount. And if we get close to it, we're happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So it comes with being ambitious about our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And then knowing and understanding that there, there are prophetic narrations that refer to this type of fasting that's been referenced by uh, Imam Ghazali where the Prophet says you know, لَيْسَ لَهُ مِنْ صُيَامِهِ إِلَّا الجور. وَكَمْ مِنْ, وكم من, ليس له من قيامه إلا Like, how many people are they? كَمْ It comes for the sake of yani showing in a large amount. How many such people are they that fast throughout the day, throughout the month of Ramadan? But they get nothing from that fast except for hunger. Meaning the other benefits that were to come that were related to your fasting and our fasting will be void. Because Mm -hmm. we also were only looking at it at a physical realm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The only thing that we were staying away from was eating and drinking. So that's what we got. If we stay away from other things, then it becomes easier. To avoid those vices after the month of Ramadan and so on and so forth. So, the first way to start is be ambitious
2: mm-hmm. and
1: have a set, have a standard for yourself, which is a standard that you can reach, but also something that you have to work towards. So, there's no sense of caressing yourself over mediocre or, or average goals. You know, you know, caress your 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 sense of Think
2: uh, right. uh, Think yeah, right.
1: you're, yeah yeah. You're like your sense of like yeah, I did it. That feeling of I did it should be of great things as well. Not just, no, no one celebrates mediocrity. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, the whole idea of do you give participation rewards yeah. still?
2: <laughs> you know,
1: I'm not sure. Like, well, I'm not arguing for either side. There's benefits in both. But really, why is it an argument? Because the world does not celebrate mediocrity,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
1: There is a sense of itqan which is required in everything that we do. A, the world celebrates excellence why do we follow certain celebrities or certain athletes or why do we even watch sports because the fitrah of a human will always be attracted towards this sense of excellence in a, in a niche or in a, in a field
2: mm-hmm. even at the time
1: of yani, the umayyad Harun Rashid's time is really interesting even at that time they would they would all gather and they would pay Harun Rashid would pay yeah, yeah, a lump sum of money to people who would come who were just really good at one specific trait Like there was one person that would come, and you would have a thread far away from him, and you would take a needle and, from a distance, throw that needle and it would go through that thread, like like throwing darts,
0: oh. for example. <laughs> and
1: we would all celebrate this person. It's it's fitratan. We are attracted towards excellence, and this is what the Prophet has taught us in the Allah your Ya amilu ahdukum amalan That Allah loves it when you do something that we do with itqan. Ihsan and itqan are very similar, but yet they are different. Ihsan is to have internal beauty. Itqan is to have external excellence.
2: Hmm, so if okay. we
1: work on external excellence, there shall come a time where we are hopefully internally be, internally beautiful as well, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't cry, just fake it. So we. We formulate a good, you know, uh, external self, which also will lead to an internal sense of, you know, excellence and due time. Uh, both are important. Not, I'm not saying that the internal self doesn't matter, but let's work on what we can.
2: Mm-hmm. And hopefully
1: we'll have a, a trickle effect. So A, let's be ambitious. B, let's actually realize that being involved and in, in, in looking at haram, and being involved and speaking of haram, and being involved in all of those other things, are actually counterproductive. Ramadan is a month where we are taught to stay away from things that are permissible. Mm-hmm. Because it was already kind of understood that we are staying away from those things that are impermissible. It was like by default. It's like someone saying, hey, when you come um, to my house for the da'wah um, you know, at 7 p.m., um, you know, make sure that you bring your spouse and your family. And the uh, family shows up and they don't come with their kids. It was family, default. You were going to include your children, right? In a sense, like, I don't have to say, it. it goes without saying that you should have brought your kids. It goes without saying that Ramadan is also a month where we abstain from those types of sins, right? Like, Ramadan means it comes from the root letters of Ramadan, Ra, Mim, and Da, which literally means to burn.
2: Like, it's it awesome. Burn away
1: these things, right? It, it, awesome. Fire is beautiful, but one of the beautiful and powerful effects of fire is that it actually removes impurities. And this is why, or the word the teskia, which is recognized in inner, inner purification, that process is is actually taken from when people used to burn gold, and they would remove they would remove the impure gold to have pure gold, and that process is very intense. It's a very intense process where you burn something, and by mm. burning it, all the impurities are removed, and the gold that is pure is left. And in that process of burning it you do lose out on some pure gold. Hmm. But what you have left is nothing but purity. Hmm. So that's Ramadan for us, where we are burning away certain things that we have. And in the process, we may lose out on certain things. We may lose out on watching sports. We may lose out on pure things, beneficial. We may lose out on whatever it may be, on a da'wah, and an iftar. But we gain more. right? Hmm. So it's definitely important for us to realize that um, there's more to it. And lastly, I think this natural progression, one of my teachers would say that the first 10 days, you will have the first level of fasting. And, and when he would comment on this um, uh-huh. statement, uh, in the second 10 days, you will have a second type of fasting. In the last 10 days, you should have the third level of fasting. Uh-huh. You have that progression. And and it's easy to gauge because you can tell where you are. You know what? You know, asah, they say in Arabic, the person of the house knows where he is or where she is, right? So you kind of, this is why in our fiqh, there is so much. Uh, importance given to yani, um, you know a, a person's internal uh, assumptions and their strength of their whatever their stronger assumption is actually has an effect in our in our jurisprudence, right? So we know where we are. so we, it's easier for us to gauge and no one else it's not anyone else's responsibility, nor is it their place. It's our place.
0: Mm-hmm. Subhanallah. Subhanallah you know that analogy, I think at the end, um is uh is something at least I, I know i'm going to internalize and from my own anecdotal experience the the first 10 days are always you, you're starting to get the car running you know when you okay. turn the car on you're you're just you're you're letting it wait you're slowly and even in even in, to give another sports analogy you're always rusty in the beginning of the game usually okay. you need to shoot around first and then once you get the shoot around you start getting warm and warm and near the end you're like okay i got this the form is perfect on the hockey shot on the basketball shot every single time. Um, and so, I, I, you know, looking at, like, for example, the odd nights in Ramadan, um, one can see that, especially in the nights, people are solely occupied with Allah. Solely
1: it's The last 10 nights, that happens. But, you know, it's also seen that if the first 10 days are not... Um, we don't take advantage of them, we struggle with the second 10 days. By mm-hmm. that time, people are like, you know, what's the point of it? Though that is also a... Uh, mentality that shaitan creates. No, there's still a point. There's still benefit. Even if one night is, if we're able to benefit from one night of Ramadan, it's benefit for us. But that's not the goal. The goal is to benefit from every single night, Hmm. right? if we benefit from one night and it's accepted by Allah, that's enough for us Hmm. in our salvation. Um, You know, you have to knock on enough doors to find the right door to open, right? So, I mean, we have every night to work on, every day to benefit from. Uh, Ramadan is the only month in the year where the nights hold virtue and the days hold virtue. Because there are days that are virtuous, but their nights are not virtuous. There are nights that are virtuous, but their days are not as virtuous. Like in uh-huh. 10 days of Hajj, the days are very, they're very special. But their nights are not like the, like the nights of Ramadan. The yeah. Ramadan, the day and the night are unique. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, you, we're blessed that at least our fasting doesn't demand us for, for us not to speak and talk. Because the people that came before us their fast also forbade them from speaking. Right? Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala salam, that mm-hmm. your sign is that you got to, you have to fast. And you know your fast is that you can't even speak to people. Illa Ramsa. You can only speak through sign language. Right. So that's we're blessed that we actually have it much easier than others. And, and we can we can we can you know when, when it's interesting, you know, when fasting first became fard upon our ummah, we were not allowed to eat after we sleep. Right? And Allah refers to this. Yeah. In Surah Baqarah, He refers to this. Now, uh, I made it easier for you that you are actually allowed. Right? That now, we're at, we're, at that time, they were not allowed to eat after they slept. So they will eat before they sleep, or they will try to stay awake right, until suhoor. And then after that, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent down the ayah saying that no, as long as you eat before sunrise, or rather um, the time of Fajr, you're good to go. Um, so it's actually easier for us in today's time and time. Yeah, in California, you guys, um, you a little different, but time has been going back a little bit, so it should be easier this year even in comparison to last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Inshallah, and it's it's just you know just, just on a, just to wrap up on a closing note, Ramadan is also is the month of forgiveness. Um, and all of us, you know, all of us are sinners. Adam Khataun. We've all made mistakes this past year, um, and Ramadan is the time to make that tauban, to ask for forgiveness from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and to begin the begin the year on a clean start. Just like Jumaa is the is the weekly uh, is the beginning of a new week. After Ramadan, we can have our sins removed and just have a fresh start. Because a lot of people have baggage with them. And that baggage comes and it, you know, it forms, it, it stays in the back of their mind, whether in a form of trauma or something. But Ramadan is a way we can just forget all of it and just start anew.
1: 100%. And Best way to be forgiven is to forgive others. So not only should we seek to be forgiven, we should forgive people and that's what all of us do before the month of Ramadan is text one another and so on and so forth. Um, you know, the Prophet he said, sets the the, um, the blueprint of being forgiven by saying Irhamu, forgive and Allah will also send his forgiveness to us may Allah make us amongst those that find this month to be inshallah we reach it Ramadan. we're allowed to be present in the month of Ramadan physically Amen. and inshallah spiritually as well
0: Amen.
1: Allah Amen. bless you and um, bless that what you're doing inshallah your studies are going well as they inshallah you complete with these and Allah uses you and all your classmates and, and friends for the service of as deen, Allah bless your teachers for the great work they're doing I and mean. serving the ummah at, um, at a beautiful level that no one else is doing in, the, in, this, in this country. And allow this university of Zintunah to continue serving um, the, the, not only the population of America, but inshallah, the population of the entire world, inshallah. I mean, I mean may,
0: Allah, may, may Allah reward you. May Allah bless your institution. May Allah bless your family. Uh, and may Allah increase you and accept of your Ramadan. <laughs> 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 uh, thank you, Mufti Abdul Wahab. Inshallah, we will see you guys next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa
2: barakatuh.